Christian for a while know that I love to read, okay? And one of my most famous books, apart from the Bible, is The Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you've ever heard about The Lord of the Rings, but if you didn't, let me give you a, a little introduction into that book. Um, the Lord of the Rings is one of the most famous and successful books of the 20th century. The author of that book is John Ronald Rule Tolkien, or better known as J.R.R. Tolkien. And in his book, he takes us into a world of talking trees, of wizards and evil powers and kings and hobbits. And until today, millions of people are inspired and fascinated by this book, and I'm one of them. The book basically is about the battle between good and evil, and the central element of the book is the ring of power. You know that evil ruler Sauron? He crafted that ring and most of his power is in that ring and he wants to use the ring to destroy the world. But there was a battle like centuries ago and he got beaten and he lost that ring. But then the ring was discovered again and now it is in the hands of the good side. The problem is that Sauron wasn't dead. But now he gained power again and he wants his ring back because he still wants to destroy the world. So there is an, an, an alliance of, of humans, of elves, of dwarves and hobbits, which are the good side. And they have the ring and they want to destroy the ring so Sauron cannot have it back. But the problem is that that ring can only be destroyed in the center, in the heart of Mount Doom where it was crafted and that mountain is right in the backyard of Sauron's fortress. And so the book describes the journey of the ring and it describes the adventures of those who aim to destroy it. And spoiler, the good side wins. Sauron will be beaten once and for all and that's amazing. I mean, you can see I'm quite passionate about that book, right? And that passion started in 2001 when some friends dragged me along to watch The Lord of the Rings as a movie. And when I watched the movie, I was so fascinated, but the movie only showed like the first part of three. So I wanted to know how the story continues. I wanted to know how the story ends. And so I started to read the book against the advice of my friends. And then like one year later, when the second part, The Two Towers, was released, I had read the book twice. And when I went to the cinema, I knew why my friend said not read the book. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed. I mean, the movie is amazing, but it is so hard to capture what Tolkien has written down. And so I didn't even go when the third movie was released one year later, I didn't even go to the cinema. I thought I'd rather read the book again. You know, fact is that some authors have so much imagination, so much creativity, that you cannot put into a movie what they have created in written form. But what is crazy is that when a book is so amazing and has so many great elements, and then the director of the movie changes the storyline. And this is what happened with The Lord of the Rings. How many of you have seen the movies? Anyone? Okay, great. How many of you have read the books? Okay, some of you did. Okay, so you know that there is something in the movie that is not adding up 
with the book, right? For example, one of the most fascinating characters of the book, Tom Bombadil, is not even mentioned. He's not in the movie. But on the other hand, Arvin, the elf, is so exaggerated. Like in the book, she appears twice in like five sentences, but in the movie, she plays a big part. Then, another thing that is different is the story of the bad wizard Saruman, completely different. And one of the passages that is not in the book at all is when Aragorn falls off a cliff after a battle with some orcs. That's, that's really crazy, and that's just some examples. But for me, the most crazy thing is that when you watch the movie, you start to believe that this is the actual storyline, even if you read the book. And what I really want to say is that you don't know the Lord of the Rings if you haven't read the Lord of the Rings repeatedly. But to be honest, it, it won't affect your life if you don't know the difference between the movie and the book, The Lord of the Rings. But there is a problem, and there will be effects on your life when you do the same thing with the Bible. When it comes to the Bible, to the Word of God, we can never be satisfied by watching the movie. And watching the movie, in this case, means to listen to messages, maybe to podcasts, reading books, or checking out websites. And I'm not saying that messages or podcasts or books or websites are bad. But when they are your only source of information about God, then there is a problem. Because the moment we stop to check out ourselves, what the word of God really says, it can happen that we miss some truths about God completely. It can happen that we exaggerate some topics, or worse, we change the storyline and forget how the real story goes. What I really want to say is, you don't know the Bible if you don't read the Bible repeatedly. And nothing, nothing in this world can replace reading the Bible. Nothing can substitute it, because the Bible is the most important, most reliable source for the most important thing in your life. And the most important thing in your life is to get to know God. Because the picture you have about God will either help or prevent you to live the life God created you to live. In other words, the God you see is the God you get. That's the title of my message today. The God you see is the God you get. And I do believe that in order to see God clearly, to have a clear picture, we need the whole Bible. Let me explain that with one more scene from the Lord of the Rings. Like right at the end of the movie, there is that scene when Frodo, the one who carries the ring, finally made it to Mount Doom. He stands in the heart of Mount Doom on a cliff, holds the ring in his hands, ready to, to let it fall into the fire. But then the ring takes over. The ring takes control. And Frodo doesn't want to throw the ring into the fire anymore. He gets selfish and mean and nasty and he wants that ring for himself. And if we would base our picture of Frodo Baggins only on that scene, we would totally miss that he is a, a kind, a friendly, a peace-loving, joyful, brave, and very strong hobbit. And again, how I see Frodo Baggins won't have effects on my life, but how I see God will. And sometimes it can happen 
that we build our picture of God only on bits and pieces of his word. Mostly the bits and pieces we like or we understand. But if we do that, it can happen that we miss important aspects about him and his character. And friends, that's, that's not a new thing. When Jesus walked on this earth, he faced that problem almost everywhere he went. The people couldn't make sense of it, and only very few saw him for who he really was because they used the wrong sources to find out about him. And seeing him not for who he was had immediate effects on their life. And I brought a story for us today that displays that in a very powerful way. It's found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. So let me read that story to you. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get, get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed by their unbelief. I think the story is pretty interesting and it definitely shows that I can miss out in big ways when I have a wrong picture about God, it shows that the God you see is the God you get. You know, Jesus visits his hometown and he preaches the gospel. He performs miracles in order to bring healing and salvation to the people. But in the end, only very few people get healed and saved because most of them didn't see Jesus for who he was. They used the wrong sources. They didn't trust God's word, they didn't trust Jesus' word, and they didn't even trust his actions. They trusted in their opinion, they trusted in their tradition, and they trusted in their experiences with him in the past. And that's why when they looked at Jesus, they only saw the carpenter and not the Christ. They only saw Mary's son, not the son of God. And they only saw the boy they grew up with instead of the Messiah who was about to redefine humanity's future. And that way they missed out. They missed out in big ways. They missed an encounter with the living God. They missed their chance to receive healing and salvation. And they missed their chance to step into something that would have changed their lives forever. But there's another thing I want us to see today. What the people believed about Jesus did not affect who Jesus was or he, what he was able to do. Because the ones who saw him for who he really was received healing. They received salvation and with it an unstoppable transformation, an unstoppable testimony. And this would have been available to everyone in Nazareth. Still, only very few could receive it because they had the wrong picture. And again, we see that the God you see is the God you get. So how about you? What do you see when you look at Jesus? And more importantly, what is your source of information? 
The answer to that question is super important because it will either prevent or help you to live the life you are created for because the God you see is the God you get. Now, the good news is that God wants us to know him. He wants us to know him because he knows it affects our life, how we see him. And that's why he gave us his word. He gave us the Bible so we can have a reliable source to find out who he really is. And that's why I want to encourage you again, read the word of God. Read all of it and read it repeatedly. Nothing, 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 nothing can replace or substitute reading the Bible. Nothing. So start today to sit down and read God's word every day to find out about him. And I know how hard that is. I had a battle to fight to get this into my day-to-day -day life, to get this habit. I believe um, reading the Bible on a daily basis, really going into the word is the biggest battlefield because the enemy knows when you start doing that, your life will change. So sit down. Do anything it takes. You know, what helped me the most was a Bible app on my phone called the YouVersion. Maybe some of you know this um, app already. It's really amazing. It provides reading plans. It provides plans that guide you through the Bible in one year, and you can use them repeatedly. And they also have fascinating videos about every book of the Bible that explains you the main points and gives you an overview and that helps you with the reading so you understand better what is written down. That's what helped me and I do believe this is what can help you as well to build in the discipline of reading God's word. And maybe you need to find a friend who is reading the Bible with you, somebody you are accountable to, but give everything, do everything to build this discipline into your life to sit down read the bible make it a priority and while you do that don't allow your opinions your traditions or even your experiences to define who god is but let him out of the box let god out of the box he's not fitting in any of your boxes anyway so let him out and allow his word to reveal to you who he is and to complete Correct and clarify your picture. Amen. So reading the Bible, super important if you want to get to know God. But another thing you can do to get to know God better is to start to worship and pray to him in private. So during your week, turn on your favorite worship song. Start to praise him. Seek his presence and worship. And pray to him for yourself, for other people, and see how he answers that prayer. Because in encountering God through worship and in seeing how he answers prayer, you get to know him better as well. But you also get to know him better in the church. Get planted in one church. Because here you can receive teachings and messages about him. You can encounter him here during the worship and during the prayer time. And here also you can hear testimonies of people and what they experienced with him. Again, this will never replace reading the Bible at home and worship and prayer uh, and praying in private. 
but it will add to your picture of God and it will complete your picture. So read the Bible, worship and pray in private and get planted in a church. Do everything, everything it takes to get to know God because the God you see is the God you get. Let me go back to the Lord of the Rings one more time if you allow, okay? After years and years of only watching the movies, I thought like two months ago, ah, come on, let's read the book again. And I'm, I'm through the first book, I'm just in the beginning of the second book, but what I can say is that reading through the first book, I already can see the difference between the movie and the book very clearly. And I promise you, as, as you start to read the Bible and as you continue to read it and read it and read it again, you will be able to tell the difference between the God of tradition, of experiences, and um, of opinions, and the real God. You will be able to tell that difference. You will be able to see him for who he really is. So, so do it. Read it. Read the word and, and get to know God. And now... Um, why I'm sharing all of this with you. I'm sharing this message with you today because during the last couple of weeks, I experienced how important it is to have a good picture, a balanced picture of God. Um, beginning of August, we found out that my dad is pretty sick. Um, his blood vessels in his legs and in his belly are very blocked and the doctor said that he needs surgery. But like the time from discovering to the surgery, there was five weeks in between. And those weeks were not easy. Because when the doctors go into your blood vessels and clean them, there is a high risk of having a stroke or a heart attack or a lung embolism. So the time wasn't easy. But what helped me to stand strong was my picture of God. What helped me to not go crazy of worry and fear was what I knew about God through his word. I know that Jesus loves me. I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. I know he's always there for me. I know he's good. I know his plans are perfect. I also know that he is not a machine where I put a prayer in and get the result I want, but I know that he's sovereign and that he knows what he's doing. I know there is nothing impossible for him and he can do whatever he wants, but even if I don't understand what's going on in my life, he still is the all-loving, all-powerful, all-faithful, all-praiseworthy God that he always was, always is, and always will be. And this is what helped me to stand strong. This is what gave me strength, security, comfort, peace, and hope. But to be honest, I had my moments. I had my moments of fear. I had my moments of worry. And what helped me most in those moments were people here in this church. People I could talk to. People who prayed with me. People who prayed for me. And people who helped me to look at what I knew is true about God. They helped me to get the right perspective. And see God for who He really is. See His word for what it really is. Yeah, his word and not my emotions. They helped me so much, so, so much. And I am so 
grateful and thankful for the relationships I have in this church. And let me tell you, God is faithful. My dad is doing fine. He had a surgery last Monday. He's doing great. Better than the doctors had thought. And he can be released tomorrow. After one week, he can be released from the hospital. So praise God. The God you see is the God you get. So let me encourage you one more time. Get to know God through his word, through praise and prayer and in the church and see him for who he really is. And since all of us, including myself, all of us need a clearer picture of God and that's why I wanna close the service with prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, I would like you to get to your feet. So let's invite him. Let's invite him to touch us and to speak to us today. So Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you, God, that you are the one who can open our eyes. So, God, I pray, open our spiritual eyes. Let us see who you are. Take away everything that is in the way to get a clear picture of you. Take away traditions. Take away opinions. And give us a hunger for getting to know you for you really are. Give us a hunger for your word. Give us a hunger to worship you and to pray to you to praise you. Lord, I pray for powerful encounters. I pray for powerful transformations, unstoppable transformations and testimonies. Lord, I pray for your power to rain down right now. Give us a breakthrough right now in this place. Come into this place and encounter us. And Lord, give us what we need right in this season. Give us peace if we need peace. Give us comfort if we need comfort. Give us your love if we need love right now. Give us what we need. You know everyone in here. You know every single heart and you can...